Hello and welcome to Travel Day, uh, our pilot episode. Uh, I am your host, Jackson Van Pelt, and I'm here with Nolan Faber. And uh, this uh, podcast is basically just going to be about uh, two guys at Buena Vista University in Storm Lake, Iowa, kind of going over um, basically whatever we find interesting in sports, which right now, obviously, with it being early September, is college football. And us being in Iowa is Iowa-Iowa State football season. Uh, We're just going to get right into it here. Our first topic is Iowa football. Iowa football beat Utah State 24-14 last weekend, and word to the wise here, um, I'm an Iowa fan, me, Jackson, is an Iowa fan, Nolan's an Iowa State fan, so we're going to have some deferring opinions when it comes to different things, um, but let's just jump right into it. So, first one that I saw, um, this was big, mostly I was taking these notes during the game, um, was straight up catch the ball. So, the first, the, not in the first, obviously the first best, first best was like a touchdown, but... Um, towards I believe it was the end of the second quarter maybe it was the beginning of the third either way McNamara threw three touchdown passes in like a set of downs and it was ridiculous we just like I think Ragaini missed one in the back of the end zone back left pylon I want to say um beautifully thrown ball and he just I don't know it went through his hands I have no idea uh we had another one where Johnson came out of the backfield on a almost a wheel route on the left side no one around him and he and he has bricks for hands, I guess, and he drops it. And then we had Lachey miss one at the two-yard line. would have been an easy touchdown. Um, so that kind of leads me into, is Cade McNamara, I don't want to say, I, and this is the only way to say this, is he too good for Iowa receivers? Because we've had Petrus in the past, and Stanley was, you know, he was all right. But Petrus, obviously, the last two years has been, do you think that's been detrimental? I think so. I just, your receivers aren't used to actually getting balls they can catch. They're used to balls going five to ten feet over their head or <laughs> down at their feet but this goes back to like i think a lot of iowa fans thought that the receiving core was going to be a lot better this year and because of the better quarterback well they expect their best receiver who was a fourth string at ohio state to be their best receiver i just don't think that's a logical thing yeah i mean um i definitely was impressed by the first two drives i think i think every iowa fan was you know two touchdowns that was great and i was like oh are we, are we back two passing touchdowns two passing touchdowns exactly when when that was unheard of a year ago right well the stat they showed on tv was it was the first passing touchdown since 1991 to open the season yeah yeah and that was i think that was the first one since fans had been there so yeah that was huge and i was like all right cool and then we score what 10 points the rest of the game Basically, after those first two drives, I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, this kind of leads me into the next thing is, um, so we talked about McNamara's passing game. It was pretty pretty darn good. I was pretty happy with it. He's obviously a vet back there. You can tell just he has the experience under his belt with his time at Michigan. Unfortunately, he's had that lingering knee injury. So his, his, his uh, scrambling opportunities, I think, were there, but he was afraid to do it. Not that I blame the guy. And maybe for the safety of the program, he shouldn't be doing that. But I think if you have a healthy 100% McNamara, I think those rushing yards are up for Iowa, and I think there's more first downs than there may have been because he kind of tried to stay in the pocket as much as he could. Anytime he did scramble, he got like a couple yards because he went down on his own. Yeah. The knee injury is just going to be an all-season type of thing. I've seen people who have made comments about having the same type of injury when they played, and they've said it. they needed two months off just to get to 100%. With him being your best quarterback on the roster, he's not going to take two months off. Yeah, and there's, I mean, we can't afford him to, right? So, um, you know, I think with a healthy McNamara, 
which I hope I hope he gets. I mean, it, the press conference today from Kirk Ferentz, he told me he was getting better. He seemed like he was getting better. So obviously, if he's, even if he's not 100%, just enough to roll out, like that'd be awesome. I would love that so much. So, Going back to that press conference, he did make a comment that the QB sneak was off the menu for the most part, which I understand. Mm-hmm. That put a lot of toll on your quarterback in that spot. But he also said the bootleg is going to be seen a lot less. Mm-hmm. Was that? Do you think that's due to the fact of the injury, or it's, is I, I just the new game plan? I would say it's 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 definitely because of the injury. Because honestly, the 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 play call for the offense was not tremendous by Brian Ferentz. Still, after he's been added all these pieces, this guy was given a gift. Brian Ferentz was given a gift in all these transfers and all the wide receive like all the wide receiving core. He also has Eric All in the tight end position, obviously with McNamara, but. Like, he's been given a gift, and he's still calling. I mean, it was a better game, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But I think a lot of that is the execution by the offense, at least in those first two drives. And after that, it was a lot of running between the tackles, like we see, or in between the guards even. Like, he just hit A-gap, A-gap, A-gap. We got two, three yards tops, and we it'd be a lot of three and outs. We had, what, seven punts, I think? Seven punts? It was more than you should have against Utah State. Yeah. He needs to get 25 points per game. Yes. And yes. he gets 24 against Utah mm-hmm. State. It's just... Which means 26 next week. That's what has to happen. He's got to get more than 25 next week to be back on pace for his average. Well, and that that's another thing is um, during the halftime show on... It was on Fox. So during the Fox halftime show, they talked about how Brian Ferentz has that 25 points per game in his contract, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you know... We don't know if we like that because it puts pressure on the coach, puts which then puts pressure on the players because players are, you know, a product of the coaches. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. I want the pressure because maybe that'll kick kick their tail a little bit, you know, get a fire under them, start playing football like they should be. And I think that it causes Brian Ferentz to, to call a better game, hopefully down the road. Obviously, last Saturday, not the best. But, I mean, I think that's a huge thing, and I think that's beautiful from his his uh, his superiors. Yeah, I mean, I think what we saw was in the beginning of the game, Iowa fans were hopeful, oh, he's going to take the 25-game series through this year, or 25 points per game series through this year, and they're just going to go all out on offense. But that was just not the case. When they got the lead, they fell back to mm-hmm. the normal Iowa that exactly. we've seen ever since Brian took over. Yeah, they never pushed down the, the gas pedal, and that's what I hate. I hate when that happens, and they let that they let Utah State stick around and only beat them by 10 points. Uh, credit to Utah State. Um, their offense worked really quick, which I think – killed our defense with the tad and once we had to get our our backups in there towards the end of the game you could tell that we are a little lacking in depth in especially in the in the db section but i think yeah. a lot of that's experience i think a lot of that like there's a lot of talent there i just think they don't know they don't quite have the field experience yet all right we're gonna we're gonna move on to iowa state's win over you and i a 30 to 9 victory on saturday and uh you know knowing you being the iowa state fan I'll let you take the reins on this one there was a lot of good to come from that game and some bad, of course, but I think the biggest thing that Iowa State fans were really happy about was the special teams. Special teams was so good on Saturday. It was, to be honest, I thought that was never going to be a part of Iowa State's game plan was focusing so much on special teams. I mean, the defense came out, got a pick six on the first drive, and then they then got two stops after that, and after the Third stop, they get a big punt return, the 39 yards that puts us in good field position. You only go 20 yards to score another touchdown. But, I mean, the punter was fantastic. His first punt put a ball inside the one-yard line. Um, the kicker, end of the first half, a 56-yard bomb. I was really shocked to see that. 
and he could have made it from at least 65. Oh, he had plenty opinion. of plenty and of leg on that. And it was into a win too because I don't even like Iowa State. I'm still giving him yeah. props. I mean, that thing was that was a that was a boot, dude. That was crazy. And the thing is, like, it was going into a win, which I think it was, because the first quarter we were going north, and we got two touchbacks after the touchdowns. But he was kicking it south at the end of the at the end of the first half, and the kickoff we had going south was landed at the six yard line, I think. Mm-hmm. So it didn't be good from sixty five with a little bit of wind in his face. Who knows how far he could go with just normal conditions? What do we think uh, about? So it's got uh, Iowa State with 5.6 yards uh, per play. Are you liking that? Are you not liking that? You think there's broom? What do you think? I think it's a little inflated. Um, the rushing numbers go into that. I mean, J.J. Cole, I mean, he had three carries for 22 yards, and those were on scrambles. But, I mean, Iowa State had – they only ran 45 plays, which was just the fewest in FBS on Saturday, so – Credit to you and I for taking long drives to keep the ball out of Iowa State's hands, but the defense played so phenomenal that it just didn't really matter. But I got notes here about big run plays or just big plays in general that Iowa State had called back just because of penalties. I mean, the first drive they had a 15-yard penalty or 15-yard run, and they got back because of got brought back because of holding. Then the very next play they had a 10-yard pass that was also brought back because of holding. So and then another 10-yard run brought back brought back for holding. So. Cleaning that up will just fix a lot of the problems and actually get the offense going in a bit of a rhythm. And when you notice on the scoring drives, it's because they were in that rhythm. I mean, the second touchdown was sparked by a big run by Abu Sama, the freshman from Southeast Polk, who, man, he looks like he could be the next great <laughs> running back from Iowa State. I mean, he's welcome to do that after this weekend's game between the Hawkeyes and Cyclones. Then he can be the best running back ever. I don't care. Yeah. But, but going back to, like, the offensive tips, I mean – we saw both quarterbacks. Uh, the game seemed to be moving really fast for J.J. Cole still, but as just as he gets older, I think he will be another really good quarterback at Iowa State. I don't think he'll have the success like Brock Purdy or like Seneca Wallace or like that type of great, but I think he'll be a serviceable quarterback in that program. But Rocco Beck, who got most, I think about 75% of the snaps that game, he was 10 of 13 for 113 yards and two touchdowns but didn't have any picks and that's the biggest thing the turnovers they had zero and that's the most important thing for mm-hmm. iowa state when it comes to winning football games this year is the turnovers that kind of leads us into uh this coming week's matchup iowa and iowa state um obviously huge uh game for i mean obviously with the state of iowa but you could argue nationally um both teams receiving votes for the ap 20 top 25 um so we're going to kind of break that down just a tad bit um Obviously, you know, Iowa, Iowa State are going to be playing better teams than they played game or week one, obviously. No one, no one came out, played a ranked opponent. Um, so, Mike, I guess my question is, what do you think it's going to take for either team to win this game? Uh, that's, easy question. that's an easy answer. It's the offensive line. If both teams can have, keep the quarterback safe and get pushed on the run game, it might be one of those high-scoring games like we saw in that triple overtime couple years ago mm-hmm. back at Jack Trice but both offensive lines didn't really impress me from what I saw from both teams I mean Iowa gave I think nine tackles for loss to Utah State mm-hmm. and Iowa State got had nine tackles for loss against you and I so if Iowa can give nine to Utah State how many are they going to give to Iowa State exactly and I, I'm gonna not necessarily piggyback but I'm gonna take a different approach I think the third down conversions could be huge I think there was a lot especially in the Iowa game there's a lot of third and long 
and that might have been I mean that might have been the play call because um, we had a couple of times where we we passed first and second down obviously didn't get it, it was third and ten um, but Iowa State even two for eleven in third down conversions this past weekend Iowa was six for seventeen so obviously they had way more chances um, which I don't obviously not a great thing to see but. I think the third down conversion is going to be huge. I think both defenses are very, very good. Honestly, I think Iowa's is even, at least from the first week. Now, that doesn't tell you, obviously, the whole story. But I don't think they're nearly as dominant as they have been in the past years, at least from so far after one game. They uh, gave up a lot of yards to Utah State. They beat Utah State beat Iowa in every offensive category, in rushing yards, passing yards, everything like that. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be a really – really in the trenches kind of game I don't necessarily think it's going to be super high scoring unless both passing games get going but uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure with both defenses being just as good as they are both have potential to be top 10 defenses this year it's just the trenches in my it just goes back to that because if you can't get a run game with how good both these secondaries are it's going to be really hard to throw the ball I think this is going to be a really boring game to be honest (laughs) Probably, probably. When they get to the third down, I think both teams don't like to take chances. They like Absolutely to take not. chances early, but when mm-hmm. it gets to the third down, they like to play it safe. And I guess now both special teams are pretty good now, so they're going to fall back on the punter, mm-hmm. play field position, and then trust their defense. And that's why I think we'll get a lot, we'll get a lot more possessions. I think, but the game will go by really quick, so there won't be a lot of points scored. I think we could see. I mean, we could see upwards of total in the game we could see upwards of 16 to 20 punts total um just based off of the special teams and the defense i'm gonna go right into prediction here um obviously this is kind of a tough one to predict just because these two teams i think not necessarily the most even they've been in years but there's been a lot of close games recently um the past five years past five it's been at least five points yeah exactly if not just a touchdown exactly so i don't it's really hard to predict obviously if i'm gonna be honest i think i think both teams have an equal chance to pull this game out. As an Iowa fan, I'm not going to say Iowa State's going to win. So we're going to give Iowa the win. Uh, we're going to go. I'm kind of thinking 13-10. I think there's going to be there's going to be one touchdown scored for Iowa. I don't think I. I mean, unless McNamara can come out, throw the ball really, really well, uh, similar to what he did um, this past weekend. But in order for him to have the most success, Brian Ferentz on the on the uh, play call needs to utilize him in a better manner and trust him in that he has the experience, he knows how to play in big games, and obviously get that run game working just a tad bit more. Uh, this is tough for me as the Iowa State fan, because part of me wants to be the homer and pick Iowa State, but part, part of me wants to be real <laughs> and not pick it, just based on the history alone. But I just, with the inexperience on offense with Iowa mm-hmm. State, they're going to play two quarterbacks. In the, in the media day, or the video I saw of Shieldhouse's interviews today, he said that he expects both QBs to take snaps. How many snaps? That's the question. But I just don't think Iowa State has enough offensive firepower to get it done. And that inner Iowa State in me still doesn't trust the kicking just based off the horrors that we've had over the years, too. <laughs> Even though he did make a 56-yarder, but who knows in a bigger environment like the, the Sihau game where mm-hmm. fans really care more about it, if, is he going to make that kick again? Right. I'm going to pick Iowa on this one. <laughs> Yay! I don't, I don't like it, but I think that's the correct yes, answer. But I w- it wouldn't shock me if Iowa State won the game. Maybe I'll say no, that. No, I'll agree with you on that. Iowa's a four-point favorite. That just shows that this game mm-hmm. is going to be close. 
The over/under is 36, so there's gonna be no points scored. I don't, yeah, you gotta take the under. Um, I'm not I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would be taking the under there. I mean, 36. That's a lot of points. I don't see both teams scoring two touchdowns. I no, there's I just don't see it. Came uh came some news today um, out that Donald Trump will be in attendance for the Seahawks game, so that should be interesting. Uh, I hope. Okay, so yeah. hopefully Fox recognizes that. Just cut to him after a, a scoring play. Something I don't know. Maybe it'll be fun. Give us a good meme. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to move right in to uh, college football as a whole now. Um, obviously, big news is that a, the ACC is picking up more teams. Obviously, we knew Big Ten and Big 12 were. ACC is picking up, uh, was, I believe it's SMU, uh, Stanford, Stanford, and Cal. Yeah, okay. First of all, the ACC stands for Atlantic Coast Conference. Those three teams are not on the Atlantic Coast. So I don't really care. I mean, I'm cool with them picking up. You want to be a power five down to a power three or something? I don't care, okay? But here's the thing. You can't leave the name as the ACC. Um, I think the implications of this, though, is that they will have, obviously, a lot more travel. A lot. A lot more travel. travel. And that's and that, and that this isn't just football, either, obviously. No, I mean, it's every got, sport. You've got, I mean, baseball's going to have to make that push in the spring, that those travel dates. I mean, all these other sports, wrestling, whatever. And it's just like, at, at what point... Do they start thinking about the athletes a little bit more than TV deals and things like that? Realignment, to me, was never about the athletes. It was all about how a school can make the most money as quick as possible. Going under that idea of thinking, SMU is really stupid for doing this. (laughs) They are getting no media revenue for nine years. Really? I did not see that. It it might be less than nine years, but I saw a thing where they were not getting any media revenue. How can you fund your programs when the, can't. the biggest media revenue for each school is football and you're not getting any? That's um, I'm gonna double check that, but okay. But even if it even if it's a couple years, like a couple years, maybe you're okay. But five, you're getting up four or five years. That's crazy. If you're going nine years without getting any kind of money, that's ridiculous. It is stupidity in the highest degree. Okay, so we're gonna go a little low, a little short on time here. We're gonna get right in to the AP. Top 25, which came out today, um, being recorded on a Tuesday. I think there were some big, big things that went on in this AP Top 25. Some shocking ones, for sure. Is Colorado getting ranked Obviously. at 22. After... I love Colorado's. I love that. I love ranking them. I think that's perfect. They beat a tops. They beat a runner-up national championship team. Are they the same team as last year? Absolutely not. But they're still no. a runner-up. Okay? And they were ranked, what, 17th last, last week? 17th. Yeah. So and now they're unranked. I love... Uh, I love Duke getting in there. Duke beat uh, Clemson. I think that's huge. I think that's big. Clemson drops all the way to 25 from the 9 spot, which is also interesting. Well, not interesting because, I mean, it makes sense. But LSU drops from the 5 to the 14, but that's because they got beat by Florida State. Florida State's obviously legit this year. They're the, they've been moved up to the 4. They moved up 4 spots from the 8. They're really good. And probably you watch ACC that game winners. at all? I watched a little bit of it. That game was just on it's a totally weekend. different physical aspect of any other college football game i've seen there's a lot of nfl guys on both those teams i still think lsu has a chance to make a run for the college football playoff but i think florida state after what they showed they could be a real front runner to be to kind of blow up georgia's chances of going for a three-peat also we had let's see we had north carolina move up four spots which whatever they beat south carolina i'm assuming they moved up purely because other teams dropped and same with oklahoma who won 73 to nothing like i don't remember who they were playing but i just felt uh, bad for the kids Arkansas State. Oh, Arkansas State. State. That's oh, right. They're That's so right. bad. Oh, I feel bad for them. So obviously, TCU losing that game, they dropped completely out of the top 25. 
Iowa is technically that 26 position receiving the most votes. Uh, UCLA follows them, Arkansas, TCU, uh, on and on and on. Iowa State receives two. Wyoming receives three, which I think is awesome because they beat Texas Tech. And uh, I don't know who James Madison played, but they received one. So good for them. Another one that's interesting is the fact that um, Texas State brought in the second or third most transfers behind Colorado, obviously. Second. Second. They brought in the, the second most transfers. They had two votes after beating Baylor. And it was at Baylor, I'm, I'm assuming. It was at Baylor, and they beat them by three touchdowns. Which so that one's a little interesting to me. Everyone um, in the Big 12 community was really surprised by that game. I think People Texas had State Baylor had, as a yeah. front runner to be a Big 12 I think, candidate. To I win think it. Texas State and Colorado are basically the same team, just in different geographical locations. They both brought in a lot of transfers. Their coaches seem to know what they're doing, and I think they're both going to make great pushes. So. We can tie this into why Clemson lost, too. It seems like, from what I've seen, Dabo is not buying into the transfer portal no, and the NIL it. thing. Yep, he hates it. And it's showing. He's not winning football games anymore. I mean, his starting uh, his starting quarterback went to Oregon State this year, and he played really good against, I think it was San Jose State. So mm-hmm. if you think about it, was DJ Ugale, was he <laughs> the problem or was it the play calling? Because they do mm-hmm. have a new offensive coordinator this year. And Dabo Suni came out and said it's it's not his offense, it's Clemson's offense, offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which that's his own thing. He might be he, losing his grip a little bit, and that might piss some uh, Clemson fans off. So we'll see what happens with that as they continue their season. We're going to jump right in to uh, our final segment. Uh, this is our hot takes slash trivia. Um, we don't know what we want to call it quite yet. Um, but uh, basically, at this segment, we're just going to be throwing out some stuff rapid fire uh, as much as we can. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll elaborate a little bit, but uh, not take up too much time. Uh, just some hot takes that we have for college football. Uh, this week is going to be college football. And uh, in the future, we may have some uh, trivia uh, questions, but I don't really have any of those lined up. I'm not going to lie to you. I have nothing either. Okay, so we'll just we'll just get right into the hot takes. Nolan, you can go first. Well, actually, no, I do have one trivia question for you. Oh, God, I'm I not going to just remembered right. who it was. Not going to get this right. So during week one, Mm-hmm. For the first time in 40 years, mm-hmm. there was one conference that went undefeated, which was 13-0. and 0. Oh, Can you name that conference? Are they, are they Power 5? They are Power 5. They're Power 5. Okay, well, I know Big 10 and Big 12 did not, so there's two gone. I know ACC did not, so there's three gone. At least with the Pac-12 and the SEC. It's got to be SEC. It was Pac-12. You're kidding. The Pac-12 went 13-0 and 0 in week one. Wow, f- dude. the first time a conference has gone undefeated in really? 40 years. Pac-12 out of all of them? It's kind of surprising, oh. too. Is there last year? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so we're going to get right to the hot takes. I'll go first, I guess, because yeah. you got the trivia question. Uh, my hot take, or at least I've been told this is a hot take, is that I believe that Colorado will at least finish 9-3 and three this year. I believe – okay, I shouldn't say that. I should say their, their floor, I believe, is 8-4, and four, and their ceiling, probably 10-2, and 11-1. I think 11-1 might be a stretch, but I think 10-2. and two. Um, My reasoning for this is because of what they did, obviously, to TCU – was was I think was a massive massive statement, and they're obviously still in the uh, Pac-12 right now, um, just because of you know they haven't moved yet. I think they move next year. Um, yep, next year. Yep. So they have Nebraska next week. I didn't. And I mean, Nebraska did not look great. Neither did Minnesota. But against Minnesota, Nebraska did not look great. Obviously, Colorado. I think is going to come out and obviously steamroll them. I hope they do. I hate Nebraska. I think they win by three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I hate them. Colorado State, they're going to beat Colorado State. There you go. They're 3-0 already. Colorado okay. State hasn't been good in some time. Anyway, Oregon is the one that I think is a, is a coin flip. I think Oregon has a little bit more, uh, has a better odds of winning that game. 
So I think they're going to go three and one at that point. Okay. That, that is not a coin flip. Oregon will beat you them. Think by Oregon two will touchdowns. thump them? It is mm, at Oregon. I don't know about it's that. It's at Oregon. Mm. Colorado's. It was at TCU. Colorado's defense is terrible. Oregon is a better offense than TCU. I, and I, Colorado has a Big Twelve defense. I'll give them that. They have a Big Twelve defense. So we'll go three and one. I don't think they beat USC. No. I think uh, Caleb Williams will tear them apart a little mm-hmm. bit on defense. Okay. What is that? Three and two. Three, three and, and two. two. They're going to beat Arizona State. Arizona State's bad. Four and two. They're going to beat Stanford. That's bad. Five and two. They're going to beat UCLA. I think that's a trap game. You think it's a trap game? At they UCLA. did receive votes. UCLA received votes. And it's at UCLA. Playing on the road is always hard in college football. I don't think they're going to have a trap game. I think they're going to beat who they're supposed to beat and lose to people who they're supposed to lose to or th- like people think they're supposed to lose to. So what is that? That's what. Okay, say they beat UCLA. What, six and two? Oregon State, I think they beat them. I don't think Oregon State's – I think Oregon State's – I don't want to say they're overrated, but I just don't think they're that all that. They won ten games last year. They won ten games, okay, and none of them were. They got enough. They, none of them were Deion Sanders, Colorado. So that's just all I'm saying. Okay, they beat Arizona, obviously. They beat Washington State, Utah. They don't beat Utah. I don't Utah. think they beat Utah. That is a tough place to play. That's going to be tough. So overall, what is? That? I think I had them with three losses, three or four, three or four yeah. losses. I think. I think nine and three is a good spot for them, and I think that they're going to make a huge statement this year, and I think. That's obviously going to pull in recruits, and they're going to be even better next year, and they're going to make a push. That's just me. That's my hot take. I think they're amazing. So go Deion Sanders, you know. What is yours? Oh. I, I'm, I'm excited to hear this. I guess my hot take goes back to what I said about Arkansas State. I think they might be the worst team in college football history. <laughs> they lose 73 to nothing. Oklahoma <laughs> scored their last <laughs> touchdown with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Oh, my gosh. The worst team? The worst team. I think they would really? go 500 in the FCS level. Wow, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The worst team. Now, I'm trying to think of, like, worst teams. Like, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I mean, what, there was, like, Cal was Cal had one or two wins last year. So Cal like, beats them by three touchdowns. Cal power, beats them by three touchdowns. I think touchdowns. all Power 5 teams will, could beat them by three-plus touchdowns. Well, what? So they're FCS, right? Are they, no. They're FBS? What yeah. are they in? I don't know. Are they in Sunbelt, I wonder? I just want to know what their record was last year. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. They get to play yeah. Memphis or Memphis. Yeah, they're in the Memphis. Sun Belt. Sun Belt. Okay, well, they're going to beat UMass. UMass might be the worst one. I don't know, dude. UMass was bad last year. I'm a, they I, did beat UMass last year. And they, I, they beat them by two. Oh, two. Oh, my gosh, two points. They were 3-9 last year. Okay, well, maybe they are. But that's uh, that's a stretch. Okay, they, they start off with some hard teams. Well, when you're a small school, you're going to play big schools to get the money. You, Golly. You need to travel. But they lost to James Madison, who I said was a pretty good ball club. They lost to them forty-two yeah, to good, twenty last year. Again, receiving votes. So I mean, they're I mean, they're good. Texas State is they lost sixteen thirty. Texas State. Texas State will, will blow them out this year. <laughs> exactly. Here's one. Just because of I just don't like this team. I think Oklahoma and Texas have both just finished with eight wins. Eight. Eight wins. Texas is not back, folks. They, they said that every back. year, just they like Nebraska fans. But at least Texas has a little bit more ammunition to back it up. Who does Texas have? Who they beat this first week? Rice. Okay. Oh, and they have and it was they have a soft schedule. They got a hard schedule. They got they go to Alabama. Oh, they're gonna lose to Alabama, dude. Wyoming just beat Texas Tech, dude. I don't know. They might be Texas. That's their third game. Mm-hmm. At Baylor, I don't know. Whatever versus Kansas, I think they'll lose to Oklahoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, do. They'll beat Houston. Houston's not good. They'll beat BYU. They're not good. They'll lose to Kansas State. Lose I think Kansas they State. lose at TCU. They lose at okay. Iowa State, of course, because Iowa State's gonna beat Texas <laughs> at home for the last time they ever see. <laughs> And I hope it's by a lot. This might be hopeful wishing, but it's all right. And yeah. then Texas Tech's going to kick a 62-yard field goal like they get against Iowa State and beat Texas. And beat Texas. That time expires. So you think that was a little bit more than four losses, I think, but 
Sure. That's their ceiling. I'll give them that. Eight just, and four is their ceiling? I want them to leave on a bad note for the Big 12. Wow. Eight and a four is their ceiling. All right. That is a hot take. I got a question. Uh, one more question. One more question. Okay. We'll give you one more question. Who do you think, who's your Heisman hopeful for this year? Uh, I'm going to sound like a Colorado simp, but honestly, Travis Hunter or Shadar Sanders would be. I, I think Florida State's quarterback has got a really good chance. I agree. He, I don't think Caleb good. Williams goes back to back. It's Caleb Williams does not go back. back. I don't think he will. I don't think he will purely because he won it last year. Mm-hmm. I think seriously. I mean, seriously. Well, they don't want to give it this two in a row. For him to win back to back, he's ha- has to have a better year than he did last, last year. year. Exactly. Because that's already his measuring stick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it'd be hilarious if Colorado's dudes come in and you know, like, say those top three are two of them. You know, one Sanders, one's Hunter, and then you get what's Florida? I don't even know Florida State's quarterback's name. Uh, his last name's Travis, but last name's Travis. That's all we know, folks. Last watching watching that game, he was really dominant against LSU. Okay, so there's your. I, I think that'd be hilarious. If those are your your three finalists. There are three of your finalists. I think that'd be funny. We're gonna build off this next week. We will come back next week, and we will have our winner of the Iowa State game. We'll get deep into that and uh, kind of talk about what else went on in the college scene. But until then, thank you for listening. This has been Travel Day with Jackson Van Pelt and Nolan Faber. We hope to catch you next time, and uh, have a great night.